0: Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Our High Calling. I am your host, Brett Denman, and I pray this last week has been a blessed one for you. It has been for me and my family. What I would like to talk about today is something that um, has been in the news lately, um, kind of um, head headline news, um, you know, the chasm between you know, the biblical view of sexuality and the secular view um, is growing wide every day. And, you know, social media and the entertainment industry, you know, they celebrate something that's called gender fluidity. And they think it's a more enlightened, enlightened way of thinking than the biblical view. And this trend um, has grown quickly um, because what you're seeing now is this push towards uh, transgenderism. And there are many transgender-identified celebrities making headlines. You have drag queens leading story times at schools and libraries. Um, You have uh, transgender people competing in sports, uh, using public restrooms. Um, And you even have parents uh, allowing underage children to be chemically and surgically altered. um, Their bodies, that is. So we have this ongoing... Uh, moral drift that's occurring um, in our country, and it's been going on uh, for a long time. It, you know, it started um, when the courts redefined marriage in two thousand fifteen, but now um, it's 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 keep going. It's it's keep going to the left. It's going down, down, down. The the level of degeneracy, um, the perversion. Um, it's just, it used to be in the bedroom, it used to be behind doors, and now it's just being pushed out in, in our faces. And what it is, is it's a mental disorder that's being celebrated. It's not being, uh, cured, but it's being indulged in. Okay? Um, there, there's the the umbrella term um, used is transgender, but it's it's often used to include everyone who feels any dissatisfaction with their biological sex, um, and and the the more technical term is uh, this uh, gender dysphoria, and dysphoria just means a a dissatisfaction um, with your gender. And um, it says, uh, as I read the statistics, less than 1% of the U.S. population um, identify as transgender. And it's no, it's no surprise to most of you that the largest group is the Gen Z group, which is born after 1996. So, people who identify as transgender are individuals who feel that the sex they were assigned at birth doesn't match their gender identity or their gender uh, feeling. Remember th- this, all, all of this goes back to how they feel. It's it's in the mind, and I often say that the battle between God and Satan is is between the ears. Um, and and here we have another example of it that people want. Um, the reality um, that they feel in their mind to be the reality that everybody else feels around them. But unfortunately, a lot of people are not living in reality. They're living in a fantasy world. But they want us to indulge in their fantasies, and um, us as Christians, we cannot do that. You know, w- We cannot accept that what God had made good, they're going to use for evil. And you know the Bible, the Bible itself, um, you know, uh, you won't find a specific passage or verse that speaks directly to the issue of transgenderism or gender dysphoria. Um, just like you won't find a verse specifically dealing with bulimia. You know, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, um, but it doesn't mean that the Bible can't give us help and guidance on this topic. You know, it's the inspired word of God, and it contains timeless truths and godly principles for every generation and every aspect of life. So what I what I want to talk about is I want to talk about w- w- what does the Bible say concerning these people in in their in their transgender um, ideology? Because we have to remember, as Christians, that The Word of God is our foundation of our belief system. It's not that Brett thinks this. It's Brett reads his Bible, and this is what the Bible says. So I'm not going to indulge in things that you're just making up as you go along. And in fact, that's what we got going on here. Right? In Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created human beings in his image. The Bible only recognizes two genders, male and female. And contrary to the wisdom of the experts on CNN or MSNBC or whatever other rubbish site, there aren't a plurality of genders um, that someone can identify with. And the last time I checked, there were upwards of 70 different gender identities being used by people in the trans community but the bible is clear that god made people to be either men or women nothing else you know god is purposeful in forming each individual right for your form uh this is psalm 139 for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. So our gender is no accident. Scripture shows that God was purposeful in making each of us, and in giving us the unique soul and body He chose for us. It is an act of rebellion for us to want to change what God has created. I mean, you could go the extreme is to change your gender, right? To to cut off body parts and things like that. But what about people out there changing their hair, hair color? They're changing what God had made, and they're doing it not to honor God, but they're trying to draw attention to themselves. And and Christian people are doing that as well. Uh, you know, the Bible says that biological sex is no different from uh, gender. There's nothing um, in the Bible that says that your gender and your sex are different. Right? Um, it's God who determines whether we're male and female. God chooses our gender. Remember, the trans community claims that we are assigned a gender at birth by doctors. But what they don't understand is God had already chosen our gender Long before we were even born, and because in the trans community, genitalia does not determine your gender, and, and you know just because you are born uh, with a little doodle doesn't mean you are a man. That's what they say. In fact, you can you can still have one, but identify as a woman, and then you get into this, these weird things where you know men are are putting on on breasts and wearing dress, and it's. It's an abomination. That's what they're becoming against God's creation. But biological reality is that um, chromosomes, genitalia, and hormones, um, those determine our gender. But these people want to go on how they feel. And that's how they want to identify. But feelings um, don't equate, equate reality as Christians we don't just decide, oh I feel like worshiping God today, or I, I don't feel like really worshiping that's that's not how it is. Being a Christian is who you are. It's not what you do. And these people don't understand that. Being born a man or a woman, that, that's who they are. And and their feelings don't change that. You know, our feelings do not determine reality. And actually, our feelings are often misleading. Just because someone feels like they should have been born a different gender doesn't mean they're a different gender. That's where we're at right now in this world. That's where we're at. We're exactly where the Bible says in the days of Lot, in the days of Noah. That's where we're at. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. It says, The woman shall not wear what pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man... First Corinthians eleven, and we're going to read. Start in verse fourteen. It says here, "Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is a uh, person." But even in, even in the afterlife, even when Jesus was resurrected, right? And he had, um, you know, our, when we have a glorified body, we're not going to be genderless. We're still going to be identified by the gender that we have. Right? Look at what happened. So Jesus died, and then the next morning Mary went to the um, tomb, and the stone was rolled away. Right? Mary Magdalene is like, oh, man, what happened? If you go to John 20, verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir... If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. So here, Mary Magdalene sees the resurrected Jesus Christ and initially mistakes him for the male gardener. So in his resurrected body, Jesus was not genderless. And, you know, while we don't know everything about our resurrected bodies, we know for sure that we will carry our gender into eternity. And, you know what? Can science alter the appearance? And God loves you for who he created. God wants you to be either a beautiful uh, uh, man or a beautiful woman. And when you love God, when you embrace God, he's going to help you accept that. Because what is needed here is not a a gender change or any other change, but a heart change change. It's a heart transplant, right? How does God change our hearts? How can we help these people who are involved in this gender dysphoria to overcome it and to live their best life the way God designed? It's not to indulge in their um, maybe temporary identity, because there's many stories out there of people who have uh, horrible regret about decisions they made when they were young, about um, you know removing uh, body parts, uh, basically um, mutilating their bodies, and they regret it. In Proverbs 4:23, it says, "Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it." The Bible refers to our heart many times because God looks at our hearts let's go uh, back to the Bible let's go all the way back to Genesis and I want to read Genesis 6 verse 5 and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously does it seem like that's where we are today it does for me listen there's a lot of good in this world but there's also a, a lot of evil And we see that when somebody can take a uh, weapon into an elementary school and gun down innocent little children. That's pure evil. That's pure wickedness. How could they in their heart do that? So the Lord hears our thoughts because it reveals um, uh, our spiritual heart. We essentially live out our desires of our hearts. And how does the Lord change our worldly-centered heart to a God-centered heart? Well, it's about what where our treasure is, right? It's where um, we put uh, that things that we desire. Right? Matthew six twenty one: For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we think about the most and what we desire the most... Um, can be defined as our treasure and in this world most people's hearts desire worldly treasure and you know what i'm talking about money possessions power uh popularity right they want the likes on the facebook and the well probably not facebook i was told by somebody much younger than me that facebook is for old people um you know they're on the instagram and the tiktok and all that stuff but the lord changes our hearts where worldly treasure um, decreases, and 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 God becomes our true treasure, and you know, living eternity with Jesus becomes the most valuable thing we can think of. And what did David do when David was trying to recover um, from sin? He didn't make excuses. He didn't ask God to conform to his way of doing things. I am talking about when he had the sin with Bathsheba, right? David had the husband of the woman he desired killed and then remarried her. And once he realized what a horrible mistake he had made, he repented. Right? He said in Psalm 51 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He knew that he needed a new heart because he knows that we live out our life through the desires of our heart. So he needed a heart transplant. Just like these people who are going through this gender dysphoria, they need a heart transplant. They don't need to be changed on the outside. They need to be changed on the inside. And only God can do that. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ can do that. You know, Matthew 7, 7-8 says, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened it is very important that we tell the lord that we want a changed heart because it reveals our godly desire and our dependence on the lord and when we depend on the lord we are going to be obedient and faithful to the lord because that's the only way we can be successful. Remember, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. A lot of people want to accept him as their Savior, but they don't want him as their Lord. And I, I tell them, imagine it like this. You're in a, a canoe, and you got two oars, and you're rowing. If you want to get anywhere, you need both of those oars rowing at the same time in the same direction. What happens if you only row with one oar? Your boat just goes in a circle. So if Jesus is only your Savior and not your Lord, your Christian experience is just going to go in a circle. But if he is your Lord and Savior, then you're going to get somewhere. Then you're going to get somewhere. Because remember, it boils down to love. Jesus loved, uh, we love because he first loved us, right? 1 John four nineteen. Love starts in the mind when when we think deeply about what Jesus did for us. And when we start to put Jesus before ourselves, we start to experience that love. And then we start to experience the love for others because it's love that changes our heart. You know, We go out in the world guided by the spirit um, of love that brings Christ to people, reflecting his love, compassion, and forgiveness. And you know what? The more we reflect to the world, the more our heart changes from self-centeredness to God and other-centered. So we have to reflect God's love and be encouragement to others. But the the transgender people need that. They don't need, you know, a double mastectomy. What they need is to become a new creature in Christ, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. So Paul is telling the believers that when you've died with Christ, you no longer live for themselves, right? Our lives are no longer worldly, they're spiritual. And our death Is that of the old sin nature. Which was nailed to the cross with Christ. And it's buried with him. And just as he was raised up by the father. We are raised up. But to walk in a newness of life. Not a newness of gender. But a newness of life. And that new person that was raised up. Paul refers to as the new creation. The new creature. And. You know, For us to understand the new creation, we must grasp the fact that a, a creation is something that God does, right? It's created by God, and it's brought about by the will of God. Does God will to have all these people who are going through this gender dysphoria brought into his family? Absolutely. God uh, wants um, us to be recreated in ourselves, right? In our in our bodies that God created. But just created new. A new heart, a new mind, a new purpose in life. That's what he wants. God is going to create something entirely fresh and unique. Right? This new creation is completely new. And um, only the creator... Can accomplish this. Nobody can else can. When these people have this gender dysphoria and they want to recreate themselves into something new. Listen, I've never seen somebody who was a man and made themselves a woman uh, to pull it off hundred percent. There's no way they can. They can put on lots of makeup and they can hide behind it, but at the end of the day they're still men. Now don't get me wrong, you're going to say, well, I've seen some, you know, men that look like good-looking women. Yeah, if you go to the Philippines or Thailand or something, you're going to see some men who, wow, you know, they look like women. Right? When I was in the Philippines, they're called ladyboys. And my dad, who was stationed in the Philippines uh, in Vietnam, uh, well, I don't think he was stationed there, but he visited there. He's like, you got to watch out for those ladyboys because they look like women. They'll trick you. I was married when I went to the Philippines, so I wasn't worried about that. But I did have some ladyboys yell at me when I was walking down the street. And, you know, Filipinos, they're very feminine-looking people to begin with. So, you know, they're they're pretty hairless. So it wasn't very difficult for them to have clean shave. Anyway, I don't want to get deep in the woods in that. But I'm just saying, when I see these transgender men Walking around in, in dresses. I know right away. Because you know what? They still walk like men. They still, for the most part, talk like men. Um, you know, I saw that Bruce Jenner when I was living in Seattle. When he was Caitlin. I mean, the, basically the guy was a dude in high heels. He, had, he was an athlete. He had huge calves. The guy looked like he could, you know, dunk a basketball. His calves were huge. His shoulders were huge. You know, he had lipstick and a wig on, and a dress, but you could tell it was Bruce Jenner. So we can't recreate; only God can recreate. But He wants to recreate in us a right spirit, a clean heart, right, a new mind, something that's that replaces uh, that uh, worldly mentality with with something that's that's fresh and good. You know, just like. You know, when a, a baby is born, it's got that 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 you know, fre- uh, f- the the body, uh, the skin is is nice and clean and and pure. Um, that's what Naaman received when he went under. His body was like that of a baby, right? It was it was it's not like mine. I got you know, uh, my hands are calloused up, and, and then you know, maybe I need a little moisturizer. I don't know, but you know, I don't have that freshness. But God is trying to recreate us. And you know, um, our bodies are not our own because they have been bought with a price, right? The the Jesus Christ died on the cross to purchase our bodies, right? So we are dedicating our bodies, our temple, right? Our bodies are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're dedicating it to God, and we're gonna uh, live in this body that He gave us to glorify Him. And you know. When we when we allow God to work in us, then um, then we're going to praise Him. You know, and we're not going to want to sin. Listen, is it a sin to change your gender? I believe so. Is it a sin to mutilate your body? I believe it is. You know, but God's going to help us overcome that. You know, there's a difference between continuing to sin and continuing to live in sin. Right? God wants us to be sinless in life. But the redeemed Christian is being sanctified, right? Made holy day by day. Sinning less and less and less. And hating sin more and more and more when he fails. Yes, we still sin. But unwillingly and less and less frequently as we mature. Right? Our new self hates the sin uh, that still holds on to us. And the difference is that a new creation is no longer a slave to sin. We formerly were. We were a slave to sin. We were a slave to alcohol. We were a slave to tobacco. We were a slave to all these things. But we are freed from sin. And it no longer has power over us. You know, we are empowered by and for righteousness. Right? We now have the choice to... Uh, to to not um, let sin reign in our life because to be dead to sin but alive to God in Jesus Christ and and we have that power so let's pray for these people with this gender dysphoria let's pray for our communities um, to embrace these people to reach out to them to show them God's love but also Let's not indulge in their fantasies. Let's not let their idea of reality uh, be made our reality, forced upon us. Stand firm on the foundations and principle of God's word. and, And don't allow this evil ideology to bury you or your family or your friends or your community. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for the power you have to um, make us into new creatures, to help us to understand your love is eternal, and that what you made is perfect, and that we have a, you have a plan for our life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, everyone. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you right back here next time. God bless.